Coming up. Our eyes, what our eyes see, what our ears hear, what our hands touch, you know, what our nose smell, what our tongue tastes. Okay. It, it, it informs our lives, but it, but it does not direct our life. It should not direct your life as a follower of Christ. And you should live by faith. You should live by, you should live. Faith should be your sight. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. You wouldn't intentionally put yourself in harm's way, would you? Well, we do this spiritually every time we ignore our real enemy and leave the safety of God's presence. Join us for the message series, Maximum Security, where Pastor Rob discusses the various ways we can be spiritually secure and protected. Here's part two of the message, The Need for Faith. Oh yeah. See, write this down. Some truths about faith. I want to give you some truths about faith. Number one, everybody doesn't have it. Y'all got that? Everybody doesn't have it. That's important for us to know. Living in this world, we need to know everybody ain't got it. Unfortunately, we as Christians sometimes live like everybody got it. Or everybody, yeah, they, they should have it, but we live like they, like, you know, we drive like everybody got faith. <laughs> we 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 walk like everybody got faith across the street like everybody got faith on our cell phone <laughs> right on a red light like everybody got faith yeah it's like why we we gotta wake up everybody ain't got faith Everybody ain't thinking like you. Everybody ain't caring about people. Everybody ain't worried about being fair and right. That's not the case. Everybody ain't got faith. I'm just giving you some examples on how it's, why it's important. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2 says this. And pray that we may deliver from, we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith. This is Apostle Paul talking. He says, not everyone has faith. <laughs> so he asked his followers that they should pray that him and his co-leaders would be delivered from evil, evil people. Because everybody ain't got faith. So, so don't just leave your laptop sitting on your back seat. I, I mean, you know, because everybody ain't got faith. It ought to affect the way you live. If you take this principle seriously, number two, truth about faith. It becomes tangible in the life of a believer. Faith becomes tangible in the life of a believer. So we talked about what faith was, right? And we talked about how it's evidence of things not seen. That's not tangible. That's, that's subjective, right? And it says it's confidence, and what we hope for, that's subjective. You can't see that, that's not, that's not tangible. That's not objective, it's subjective, right? So anybody can tell you they got faith. They can say, yeah, you got faith? Yeah, I got faith, right? We just read, everybody ain't got it, but people can tell you they got faith, right? And you just, so, oh, I guess you do, you said you do, I don't know. I, it ain't tangible, right? 
But for a believer, though, it becomes tangible, okay? It becomes tangible because biblical faith changes behavior. Biblical faith changes behavior. Look what it tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 and 7. We're going to read verse 4 and 7 in a part of it. Um, It says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. I'm going to pause for a minute. You see what happened? Abel was putting faith in action, and he did something. There's, a, there's some action words here. He says, Abel brought a more acceptable offering. Okay? Faith, by faith, he did that. His faith, which, which is intangible or unseen or subjective, became objective and that now if you was there when Abel brought it, you would have seen Abel taking his more acceptable offering <laughs> to God. You, 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 you would have seen that. Um, and, and Cain was there. He saw it. Y'all, y'all get this? His brother Cain saw it and he didn't like it because even then, Everybody <laughs> didn't have faith. Y'all get this? Even back then, everybody didn't have faith. Not even in the first family. Everybody in the first family didn't have faith. So you know today, and his faith became tangible because it caused him to bring an acceptable offering to God. It reads on, Abel's offering did what? Gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gift. Faith becomes tangible in the life of a believer. Verse 7 says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Y'all get this? (laughs) By faith, the, the faith that Noah had, which was subjective and intangible, became tangible. And it became tangible in a big way. He built a big boat. (laughs) Y'all get this? And it took him a long time to do it. Right? And look what it says. It goes on and says here. He obeyed God who who warned him about things that had never happened before. So here it is. Noah's faith, which was intangible and subjective, became tangible and objective over something Noah, God said, that Noah had never seen. And that was rain. At that point, it had never rained. (laughs) It it had never rained. (laughs) So when God says it's going to flood, see, this is real faith. This, This is real faith. This was believing Believing something you have not seen, like the definition said. That's why Noah's name is here. It says faith is evidence of what you didn't see. Noah said, I ain't never seen rain, but God, you telling me it's going to rain is enough. That's enough evidence for me. And he believed it. And he built a huge boat. The faith of a believer becomes tangible. Okay. He built a huge boat. James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith that is not accompanied by action is dead. What James is trying to tell us. And it's, 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 it's just that 
the, the fact that when you have faith, it becomes tangible. It changes behavior. It makes you do certain things. It makes you say certain things. It makes you think a certain way in the life of a believer. The third truth about faith, it will be tested. It will be tested. It will be tested. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I'm going to pause on that. Okay. All right. I like how this text says, Consider it pure joy. Okay. Y'all ever had y'all ever took a test and you was just joyful about taking the test? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, when you prepared for it, yeah. If you if if you were really prepared for it and you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like um, the only way you can really I mean you can really feel like you're really really prepared to get to that pure joy is like I already know what the test is. Kind of thing. <laughs> Right, right, because right. like, there's still this element. Oh, hope they don't, you know. Right, but if you know the test, you know, you, you know, you, y'all, y'all might have had some friends, you know, who, who, who had that, who took the test second period, and you was taking the fifth period or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> facts. Okay, all right. Right? But it's saying, it's saying consider it pure joy. Then he says, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So it didn't say if ever. All right? It says whenever. So you're going to have some trials of many kinds. Okay? It's, it, it's coming. You will, your faith will be tested. No doubt about it. Verse 3 goes on and says, because you know, and this is the reason that we should have joy. See, again, we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are regenerated folks. We are now children of God. We don't think the way we used to. Oh, I talked about have you ever taken a test and had joy? You know, yeah, the old man, the old man, no, no. But the new man, the new man, the Bible's saying should have joy when you're tested. And it gives us the reason why right here in verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Huh? Produces perseverance. Right? This, 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 test, this test of our faith, that's our gym. That's our spiritual gym, y'all. Our faith gets tested. We get a good workout. Huh? A spiritual workout. It, it, it produces perseverance. Right? It, it strengthens you. It, it allows you to go longer. Do y'all understand this? Your, te- your, your faith get tested. Now you can go longer. You can stand more. And that should give you joy. See, it gives us joy in a physical sense. You know, if we, if we are able to go longer physically, go faster physically, do more physically, lift more weight, make more baskets, whatever, it gives us joy. And we say, man, I ran that two seconds faster than I did last time. And we are like, yes. But what about spiritually? Do you say yes <laughs> when you get tested and then perseverance comes? And are you like, yes, God? Yes, I'm stronger. Yes, I can go longer. I can stand more trials. 
<laughs> this is what this is what God's saying. See, here, here it is. Think about it, though. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. It should give us joy because if we are if we are able to go longer, to take more, now I'm more equipped. Like my children, my children, I can now got I got more to give them. I can now lift them up and build them up, make them stronger. See, that's, that's another reason to get joy, because now you can you can pass on some perseverance as a lesson to other people, particularly folks you care about. You can teach them how to persevere. I, I, uh, come February, come February, me and my wife, 34 years. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? 34 years. It ain't been a picnic. Do y'all understand that? It has not been a 34-year picnic. Y'all, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Right? I am not the brother I was when I said I do. I am so far. Who was that dude? I'm like, who was that dude? You know? I mean, let me tell you. Let me tell you how that dude was so jacked up. That that dude. I, cause I don't know if y'all understand. You you understand what I mean? I was jacked up. I don't know. Me and my wife, we was married. I don't know. I don't even think we hit the year mark yet. I don't even think we hit the year mark yet. And um, I was sitting sitting around the house chilling, watching TV like young brothers do. You know, probably was thinking about playing a video game or something like <laughs> like young brothers do, right? And my wife came up to me and she said, you know, Rob, can you um she wanted me to help her clean up. <laughs> y'all, y'all understand? I, I just want you to understand. I want you to understand that this brother, brother ain't the same. She wanted me to help her clean up. I, I said, uh, she said, can you, you know, help me clean up? I was, Rob, can you do this? <laughs> I said, oh, okay, yeah. And she came back and said, Rob, um, you know, about five minutes later, I, and I, I said, <laughs> I'll help you when I get ready. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. And, and so this, this, all this was a test. It was a test. Right? These, so I'm just letting you know it hasn't been a picnic. It ain't been a picnic. And and so, but for this, because 34 years in February, y'all, 34 years in February, I can stand in a room full of married men and teach them how to be a better husband. Because I haven't always been. Y'all, y'all understand? I, I was playing video games. Do y'all understand? <laughs> Yeah, my wife said. My wife said. She said something. I don't know. Not that long ago, a couple years ago or something. She said, "I, I, I never thought Rob would ever stop playing video games." And I didn't realize she thought she thought it that deeply. Uh, but I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, y'all. I'm saying when you get tested, it gives you perseverance, and because you gain that strength, you now have something in you you can deposit in others. So it should be joyful. It should be joyful because you can become a conduit now. You learned some stuff. You've, been, you're, you've gone through some things that others coming behind you are going to go through. Your faith's going to be tested. Welcome it. Welcome it. And if you prepare yourself for it, we go, as we're going to see early, later here, God is, God is with you. I told you earlier, when you're tested, remind yourself. 
God is your father. God is your father. John um, 16, just in case Jesus wanted to make sure his disciples understood this. He says, 1633b, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. All right. So some of some of us, some of us have been told some lies. We believe some untruths up and we thought it was just going to be fine. Yeah. As soon as I get out of high school and become an adult, life just going to be cool. I can do what I want to when I want to. And uh, those were lies. Those were lies. No, tr- no trouble really start now. Yeah. Because mama ain't going to pay your bill. You got to do it. It's your responsibility. You're going to have trouble. Number four, some truths, fourth truth about faith. It can be weak, strong, or somewhere in between. It can be weak, strong, or somewhere in between. Romans 4, 20 through 21 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in, his, and in this, he brought glory to God. Now, I want to pause for a moment because we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But Abraham went through some serious trial. And in the trial, his faith grew stronger. Okay? He believed God. And then he, in verse 21, says he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. And so his faith got stronger and he was fully convinced. He was fully convinced. So you see Abraham's faith got stronger. Matthew 8, 24 through 26. It says, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. Now, let me give some context here. Jesus had told the disciples, you know, let's, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. All right. So they're in the, they're in the boat. And Jesus went to the bottom of the boat and went to sleep. And they're crossing the lake. And then it says, but Jesus was sleeping. Uh, verse 25, the disciples went and woke him up shouting, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going, we're going, we're going to drown. You been there? All right. And verse 26, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. So you might be saying somewhere in your mind, uh, hey, the boat was rocking. It was a storm. They should be afraid. Uh, And and that's how the devil gets us. You know, he gets us thinking surfacey like that. But get the context here. Jesus said to them, let's go to the other side of the lake. Y'all hear what I said? (laughs) Jesus said, we're going to the other side (laughs) Of the lake. In the middle of the lake somewhere, things went crazy. They should have known. It's crazy now, but Jesus did say, we're going to the other side. So we're going somehow going to make it over there. That should have been their mindset. That's the first thing. Second thing is Jesus was on the boat. <laughs> okay. All right. So if they drown. Jesus drowned. In fact, Jesus might drown before them because he was at the bottom of the boat. 
Y'all get this? The water might, you know, it'll start flooding him out. They could have stayed on top and, you know, the bottom flooding. Jesus on the bottom. Jesus on the boat. So they should have thought, yeah, this is scary. <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> but Jesus on the boat. Jesus, on, he did say we was going to the other side, right? They should have just, 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 just not been afraid. Of drowning, that is. You know, just like, okay, we're not going to drown. So they could have said, Jesus, wake up. You know, the boat's rocking, you know, and stumbled back up the stairs, <laughs> right, and let Jesus do what he did. He said, you know, so they should not have been afraid. That's at least two reasons that they shouldn't have been afraid. In your life, the same thing. God has made some promises to you in his word or even given you a vision, a dream, or whatever, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. No matter what happens, God has spoken. And so he chastised them for having little faith. The fifth reason or the fifth truth about faith, it can be strengthened by good teaching and leadership. It can be strengthened by good teaching and leadership. Acts 16 Four and five says, then they went. This is talking about Paul, Silas and Timothy. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. Hey, I get that. So they gave instruction that came from the elders. And it says it goes on to say. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Instruction and leadership strengthened their faith. So good leadership, good teaching can strengthen your faith. Conversely, though, (laughs) bad leadership and bad teaching can weaken your faith. So we need to take responsibility as followers of Christ to make sure we're getting good teaching and leadership so that our faith can be strengthened. So that our faith can be strengthened. Sixth truth about faith. It can be seen when life seems impractical and impossible. It can be seen when life seems impractical and impossible. Genesis 12:1. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Y'all see that? God told Abram, who later became Abraham, to leave his country to leave his people and his father's household. Okay. Now get this. Abraham was 75. Abram was 75 at this time. Can you imagine yourself 75? We have. We, we, sister here can imagine that. <laughs> right? Can you imagine at, at your age leaving your country, <laughs> your people, the folk, your, 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 uh, your um, support group, you know, can you imagine 
And then, if that's not bad, just get away from your support group. He says, go to where I'm telling you. And he ain't told him nowhere to go. He just, just go. <laughs> just go. Where, where I'm going? Just go. I'll, I'll tell you as you go. <laughs> so, so he moved. He left his support group and went somewhere that he didn't even know where he was going at 75. That wasn't practical. It wasn't practical to do that. And then in Romans 4, 18 and 19, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his, in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. So here God told him to leave and go, and he told him, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But at 75, he didn't have no, no kids. And his wife was barren. So it looked like uh, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't going to have no kids. That's what it's talking about. You know, it's, okay, we, they just kind of lost hope in having kids. It's okay, it ain't going to happen. But then God came and says, no, you're going to have some. And it says he believed God. And then the, the, the promised child that God was saying and how God was going to give him many nations didn't come till he was about 100 years old. And so at that time, he's saying, hey, the sperm is dried up. <laughs> There's no more ovulation in eggs. And, and he still believed God. And sure enough, Isaac came. The promised child and from Isaac comes Jacob and then from Jacob Jacob is the children of Israel and from all of that and then um, here we come later as upon the same faith that Abraham had believing God and coming into being children of God amen the seventh truth about faith it dictates how followers of Jesus Christ live. It dictates how followers of Jesus Christ live. Uh, Romans 1.17b says, as the scripture says, but those who are right with God will live by faith. Those who are right with God will live by faith. We live by faith. As I was saying earlier, if, you, if it's not a faith, don't do it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Here's the point. Our senses informs our living. It inform our living, but it doesn't direct our living. I'm going to say it again. Our senses, our eyes, what our eyes see, what our ears hear, what our hands touch, you know, what our nose smell. What our tongue tastes, okay, it, it, it informs our lives, uh, it, but it does not direct our life. It should not direct your life as a, as a follower of Christ. And you should live by faith. You should live by, you should live. Faith should be your sight. It's what directs you. This is what the scripture is saying. Uh, we just gave you some examples with Noah and with Abraham. 
<laughs> right? Noah had never seen rain. Okay? His senses say, what is rain? <laughs> Don't know about that. But he still built the boat. Okay? Sometimes your senses will tell you, no, that's not the way to go. It'll say something different. But we got to trust God and obey God and do what God says. That's what that's all about. And lastly, number eight, eighth truth about faith. It is the pathway to victory over the world. It is the pathway to victory over the world. First John 5, 1 and verse 4 and 5 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his children too. Verse four and five says, for every child of God defeats this world, this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. So our faith is the pathway to victory over the world. Your faith in Jesus Christ makes you a child of God. And that same faith causes you to defeat this evil world. So put your shield up. Quench all the fiery darts. Live by faith to God. Live to please God and God alone. And we get, we get victory over the enemies. Amen. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. He, he believed God, and God just credited it as righteousness. It, it wasn't really it, but God says, okay, I'll, 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 I'll just give you credit for it, okay? <laughs> All right? Yeah. And so that, that's how we get it. We get it on credit. Uh, and, and, and really for us, that's the best way to get it. Thank you for listening.